Welcome to our Monday Thursday devotional video. Uh, I hope you're having a, a good week and having some uh, uh, quality times of uh, devotions and time with God. Uh, we don't have a Monday Thursday service this year for the first time, I think, in our church's history. And so even though we're having a, a Good Friday service tomorrow, I thought perhaps many of you would uh, appreciate having something to use at home on Monday Thursday itself. Today I want to just meditate on a, a single verse out of uh, John 17. Uh, the Upper Room Discourse, what Christ uh, declared and preached to his disciples on the night he was betrayed, uh, ends with the phenomenal prayer of John 17. Christ, having laid open his heart to his disciples, now turns and, with them as an audience, prays to God for them. The great high priestly prayer, him interceding for them. And indeed, as he makes clear halfway through the psalm, not for them only, but for us, we New Testament believers. It's a wonderful chapter. And it's well worthy of your time to read the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing on this video, uh, but I encourage you to do just that. Read the whole thing. And now would be a, an appropriate time to do that. So go ahead and feel free to hit pause and read John 17. And when you're done, we'll be here ready to pick up the devotional. Well, hopefully now you've read John 17. I want to read just a few verses from the middle of it to you uh, once again, and think especially on one of these verses. This is John chapter 17, and beginning in verse 17. Our Lord prays, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. If you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I want to meditate just on that last sentence, especially this day. And for their sakes, Christ says, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Does that seem an odd sentence to you? I suspect it does for some of you. Uh, I know it has for me at various times. After all, we may be familiar with the word sanctification, and especially with a definition like the Children's Catechism gives it, that sanctification is God making his children holy in heart and conduct. Well, how can we say that Christ makes himself more holy in heart and conduct, being that he is infinitely holy to begin with and has never done any sin? Or if we think about the Shorter Catechism and its emphasis uh, on what this process of being made holy in heart and conduct looks like, that the Holy Spirit is doing this work 
of transforming us day by day throughout our lives uh, from our sin, putting it to death, unto holiness. And again, even in that definition, perhaps even more so in that definition, we want to say, well, how can that possibly be the case for Christ? I love both those definitions. I encourage you to go look them up. I didn't quote them directly just now. But what we're doing with those definitions is using the word sanctification in its main biblical use regarding believers. But more generally, this idea of sanctified or sanctification simply denotes something being set aside for a holy purpose. Something or someone being set apart for a holy purpose. And you see there the definition doesn't include anything that necessitates sin being set apart. Uh, for example, uh, in the Old Testament, we read that God hallowed the, the Sabbath day, the seventh day. This is before sin entered the world. God has just created the world, and it's very good. And then he rests the seventh day and hallows it. It's the idea of setting it apart, sanctifying it. But with no sin in the world, the day didn't need uh, to be made pure from something evil. Christ is God in creation is setting it aside as distinct and unique for a purpose. Six days you go out and you plow your field and you do your other work, but the seventh is sanctified. It's set apart for God's use, particularly. Another example of this would be in the tabernacle. You have the various furnitures. Uh, you have the table on which is the showbread. You have the candlesticks. And these were to go through a ceremony to sanctify them. They were set apart for holy use. Now, the candlesticks weren't uh, unholy objects. They weren't sinful objects. They simply were objects that, if not put aside and sanctified, were quite ordinary. And so when we read that the candlesticks are set aside or sanctified, we're being told that these aren't candlesticks that you can take into your living room and use for light in the evening. They may look exactly like the candlesticks that you have in your living room, but these are set aside for a particular use to shine light in the tabernacle. So sanctified doesn't always have that aspect of sin. I think then we can, from that and from the scriptures as a whole, deduce two things Christ is saying about himself being set apart for uh, a special use, uh, himself being sanctified in the context of him then sanctifying us from our sin unto holy living in heart and conduct. Uh, the first is that Christ is telling us that he has set himself aside as the, the priest. He's setting himself aside for holy service. This is the type of language we find in the Old Testament. The priests and the Levites were sanctified. They were set apart. 
God said they are my possession. They won't have a separate territory. They won't have separate inheritance. Why? Because when the Passover lamb uh, was shed and the blood was shed and the angel passed over their houses in Egypt, God redeemed and therefore owns the firstborn children. And instead of taking the firstborn of every family, God claims the Levites as a tribe to represent the firstborn in Israel. But especially the priests we hear of as being set apart and sanctified for a special office. They weren't to go out and be farmers. They were to be priests unto God, mediators between God and the people. Christ, Christ is setting himself aside as our priest. He is in that function. And as priest, he not only uh, is interested in um, interceding for us, he's interested in bringing a sacrifice for us so that we might be accepted. And so Christ is saying, I'm, I'm sanctifying myself. I am your priest. But also, he is saying, I'm setting myself aside for a holy sacrifice. I'm not only the priest, I'm the sacrificial lamb. Deuteronomy 15, 19, and 21 show us uh, this very language used regarding uh, the, the lambs that were set aside for sacrifice. Hear, hear what this says. Deuteronomy 15, verses uh, 19 through 21. All the firstborn males that come from your herd and your flock you shall sanctify to the Lord your God. You shall do no work with the firstborn of your herd, nor shear the firstborn of your flock. You and your household shall eat it before the Lord your God year by year in the place which the Lord chooses. But if there is a defect in it, if it is lame or blind or has any serious defect, you shall not sacrifice it to the Lord your God. Notice there that the firstborn of all the flocks are sanctified to the Lord. And then notice, what does being sanctified mean? Does it mean made less sinful? The cows, the sheep? Does it mean uh, made holier in heart and conduct? Well, no. What's being said? Well, we're told right there in that very first verse, verse 19, you shall sanctify them to the Lord. In other words, you shall do no, uh, no um, shearing and no work. The other parts of your herd are for doing your labors six days, but the firstborn is sanctified. It's set apart for a holy use for offering for sin. Christ sanctified himself to be our priest, and he sanctified himself to be our sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist once said, the Lamb of God come to take away the sins of the world, who sets himself apart to be our atoning sacrifice. Now, in atonement, 
the believer is justified, declared righteous in the sight of God, only for the righteousness of Jesus Christ, imputed to him, and received by faith alone. But you see, this Christ who sets himself aside and apart for a holy use to be our priest and sacrifice is not only interested that you be justified. The cross also has as its intent that your whole life be set apart for God, for a holy use. And this is seen right in our text. Notice in chapter uh, John 17, verse 18. As the Father, Christ says, sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they may be sanctified by the truth. I was sent into the world, says Christ, and I sanctify myself for special use, that I might justify and sanctify them, so that I might set them apart also to send them into the world, that they might be made holy in heart and conduct by the truth. And of course, Christ has just said, God's word is the truth that sanctifies us. We are not just saved. We are saved with an intention that we would be Christ's special messengers, special objects before the world. Consider the following passages. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. There we read, Christ gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Why did Christ die on the cross? So that he could purify us for good work, setting us apart, sanctifying us for a purpose. Or uh, reading in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, we read the same thing again. Christ bore our sins in his own body on the tree, so that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. Christ set himself aside to be our priest and our sacrifice, so that we, we might live for him, for righteousness, and before the world. You are being made holy in heart and conduct, so that your life would be an expression of the gospel before the world, so that you might go forth in Jesus' name before the world. Meditate on that as you think about the cross uh, this Maundy Thursday. And as we go into Good Friday and approach our worship service tomorrow night and gaze at Christ, uh, the, the man of sorrows, and come to the Lord's table, may we do all of these things with fresh on our minds that this event, the cross and the suffering of our Lord, was to save us, both to justify us 
and to set us apart for his service in holiness of heart and conduct. And as you meditate on this, know this blessing of your God from the epistle to the Hebrews. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.